Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to the Brothers Brant Podcast. My name is Rob Brant. And I'm Rick Brandt, and we are the Brothers Brandt. Episode 57, the voice of the San Diego Padres, now batting Alex Miniak. Uh, excited to have you on, Alex. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Very cool. Awesome. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. And uh, I'll just give a little background into Alex and uh, his decorated career here, ladies and gentlemen. Alex is a Gator from the University of Florida. He is currently the voice of the San Diego Padres at Petco Park in Southern California. He also has been a part of the MLB The Show video game. And we are just so excited to have Alex on today's podcast, talking baseball, talking about his decorated announcing career, and just all the things going on with the Padres these days. They've made a lot of headlines recently with some off-season transactions and additions. So let's get into it, Rob. Awesome. Excited to have you on, Alex. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm going to start early years. I'm going to, I'm going to come right at it. You're, you're a Florida boy. Yeah. What sports did you play as a kid? I played more soccer than anything, believe it or not. I was a terrible baseball player. Um, <laughs> so, uh, ironically, yeah, I, you know, I love soccer. I, I, I love playing it. I love watching it. Um, I'm a big Fulham fan uh, in the Prem League. And, oh, there you uh, go. There you go. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, I, I'm, I'm not entirely athletically inclined. Like, soccer, I was pretty 
average at. I never pursued it any, you know, into college or anything like that. Uh, I always enjoyed working in sports, definitely more than playing sports, just because of ability. And I think, you know, if this is the way that I got to the major leagues and this is the way I got to the major leagues, it's through this ability, not that ability. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, and your sports career, it's like, unless you're one of the best, one of the top 1%, I mean, it's going to stop after 20 years old or 22 or something like that. And, you know, you, exactly. can, you, can do, you can do this until you're 80, 90 years old. So I think you made a wise choice right there. Um, I played soccer in college, but I'm a Chelsea guy. So still, still oh, yeah, same neighborhood. Yeah, roughly. Man, there we go. Um, and then who were your teams? Who were your teams growing up? Uh, I actually grew up a New York Mets fan, oddly enough. Um, a couple of reasons for that. One, uh, my mom's side of the family's from the White Plains, Rye area of New York. Uh, so they used to come down and visit and uh, take me to Mets spring training, which at the time was in St. Petersburg, where I was growing up as a kid. So those great mid-80s Mets teams, I was around quite a bit, very familiar with. Um, you know, my buddy... Uh, next door, my best friend growing up at the time was uh, he played on Little League and he played on the Mets. And so we have this giant kind of Mets fandom going on between my family and his family. And, uh, and, and that's what I used to that's what I used to watch. Um, I didn't have cable growing up. So I'd go over to, to his house and watch the games on, on WOR. And and and, uh, and uh, that was like the, my early uh, introduction to professional sports uh, from a baseball standpoint. Uh, you know, from a football standpoint, I grew up a Bucks fan. My my uncle uh, and I used to watch Miami Hurricanes games quite a bit uh, during their tenure during Schnellenberger and Jimmy Johnson. And uh, hockey was still a little bit away. Basketball was always a Celtics fan, just primarily because they were always on TV. It was like when I was a kid, it was either Celtics Lakers, I didn't care for Showtime. Celtics Pistons, didn't care for the bad boys. Celtics Knicks, Knicks overrated. So like, <laughs> so I just kind of drifted towards the Celtics because I thought that they always had the right pieces. I thought it was cool they played in a building with no air conditioning. So, you know, in Florida, that kind of blew my mind. Like if a place didn't have air conditioning, I didn't even know how that existed. Um, so, so those are the, those are the teams and, 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 uh, sports I, I really rooted for growing up. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And the bucks, I mean, you, if you and your dad are bucks fans, you know, you gotta be rooting for them this year. This is exciting times for them. Um, and big win over the Redskins. And, uh, and I'm, I, I'm like, uh, chomping at the bit here. I feel like we're cut from the same cloth cause I am a diehard Mets fan. And nice. I got, uh, I don't know if you can see the picture behind me, but it's actually uh, Gary Carter and Keith Hernandez. Um, and just very cool. Grew up my entire childhood going to Shea Stadium. So I am a, uh, a Met lifer. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I, I actually, for, for my uh, girlfriend at the time, a few years ago, I bought me a picture of uh, Bill Buckner and, and Mookie Betts autographed by both. <laughs> Mookie Betts, Mookie Wilson. Sorry, that's um, that's that's where my brain is at these days. Um, uh, all Mookies are great. That's that's one assumption we can take away from all of it. But uh, but of course, you know the most famous play in uh, Mets history: behind the bag, it gets by Buckner, and and the Mets win. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Love 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 uh, love Mookie. 
Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I have to ask this because you brought it up. You said, you know, you weren't that, you know, talented sports wise as a kid. You like playing sports. You know, um, when you're growing up in your childhood, uh, we, we always we always had a friend that we went over their house because they had like the best facilities, the best backyard baseball field. Were you this is a fun question. Were you like the friend that everybody called to like announce the games? No, no, I never did any of that. I just, I would, you know, it's funny. Like we would just do a lot of pickup games, backyards, public parks, that kind of thing. But we never really thought of it. I think we tried to emulate players more than anything growing up. I, you know, yeah. uh, being someone like Randall Cunningham while you're playing touch football was cool in the late eighties. <laughs> like that, you know, watching him run and watching him helicopter into the end zone and, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, that, that we, we didn't really think about it from a presentation standpoint, oddly enough, because, because now living in this era, but with, with social media and Instagram and video, you know, at your fingertips and your disposal, it's kind of where it's gone, you know, from a content or at least a thought process standpoint, but now we were just trying to create our own highlight reels in our mind back then. <laughs> Love it. Um, so getting a little bit older, you know, studying journalism and communications at UF, uh, our cousin actually went there. We went to Tim Tebow's last game at the swamp, which was a lot of fun. Um, but what was it like studying journalism and communications at UF? Uh, it was great. I, I probably the, the best time of my life, uh, was, were my years in the journalism school. I, I was there for five years and not because I was a flunky or anything, because I actually stayed for graduate studies because I enjoyed it that much, uh, for another year. But, um, it was just a great base of operations for learning. You know, at the time we had, uh, television stations within the building. We had commercial radio stations within, within the building. One was rock, one was sports. I had the pleasure to work at both um, quite a bit, actually. I, you know, I, was, I was on the air every day, if not six days a week. And, um, uh, you know, and, and of course, the, the Gators at the time were one of the marquee programs in the country, um, you know, winning a national championship in 1996 under Steve Spurrier in football, uh, Billy Donovan coming in and, and uh, taking us to the final four uh, in 2000. So, um, you know, we had a lot to cover. It was an exciting time. And, and, and the best part about it was is that the, the University Athletics uh, Administration Building and in, in, uh, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium and the O-Dome was all directly across the street from the journalism school. So, you know, literally like the center of the universe is on this street corner. And so, and so like being there at that time, it couldn't have been any more of a perfect time to be there. And I met lifelong friends and people I still talk to every single day uh, to this point. So um, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was just a perfect setting and a perfect time to be there. What a time to be a Gator. We'll get there again. We're, we're working on it. <laughs> All good. I'm going to pass it over to Rick. I know Rick has some questions about your announcing career, Alex. What up, everybody? Sorry to interrupt the regular programming right here, but Rick and I have to pay the bills, so we're going to run an ad. This ad is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. 
You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Enjoy the show, guys. Okay. Yeah, so Alex, Rob touched on a little bit of the early years there and then your success in college. Let's talk about how you eventually became the voice of a Major League Baseball team. Just like the players themselves having to climb the ranks of minor leagues, talk to our listeners about that development and your progression and how you ended up in San Diego. Yeah, well, you know, it was um, it was kind of uh, kind of by chance. In a lot of ways, I, you know, coming out of the, the journalism school at UF, I was a radio kid, um, and primarily that's what I was studying. Sports was a little bit more of a hobby than it was a profession at that point. Um, I was on the music side of things. Uh, you know, I was the one, um, you know, promoting bands and playing rock music in the afternoons and programming radio stations and developing morning shows and that kind of thing. Um, that, that's where my focus was, and that's kind of where I took my career coming out. Uh, of college and I stayed in radio until about 2000 I say about 2009 um, just staying on that one career path I enjoyed it um, I, I thought it was a fun place to be unfortunately circumstances with the economy uh, around 2008 2009 kind of took me out of that uh, that zone and it just wasn't something I really wanted to pursue any further I just I, I like to stay on the cutting edge of trends and, and be at the forefront as opposed to try to hang on to dear life or something um, you know that that may or may not be working anymore so I so I, I kind of started dabbling in sports and I had done some sports at the University of Florida I had done um, men's and women's tennis announcing and I really just did it <laughs> this is funny now but I did it for beer money more or less it was just it was just something to do on the side. It paid well for a college kid, and I enjoyed it. I got to be outside. I got to be a part of, you know, the athletic program, one of the top athletic programs in the country, uh, working a sport with one of the top tennis programs in the country at that time. Um, so it, it was it was a fun place to be. So after I left radio, you know, the, the even though you're out of that profession, the desire to be back behind a microphone never leaves you. So um, I ended up filling in some college basketball games for Southern New Hampshire University, which I'm sure a lot of people see their commercials on television for their for their online learning. But it is it is a real school uh, with a real campus and everything. It's a great place. There's a ton of great people who work there and go to school there. Um, and, and so I started started doing uh, started doing basketball games there at the time. They were really, really good D2 school. Uh, in basketball and and their games were exciting and well attended um, and and talked about I was like oh this is cool and then the opportunity came up to go do some some minor league baseball just from an on-field MC's point of view hosting the promotions and 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 whatnot and and I took to that for a little bit and uh, and then the team president well he was the director of sales then but now the team president now had come up to me he's like you know you're fine for this on-field stuff, but I really think you need to be upstairs. I really think you need to be uh, hosting from up there and introducing batters and welcoming our fans and doing all the things that a, that a public address announcer should be doing as opposed to just doing the goofy promo stuff. And so 
Um, so I, t I took his advice. I'm like, yeah, but I thought I've never been up there before. And he's like, well, you know, now's as good as time as any. You're going up tonight. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, um, well, that turned into like a regular gig for about six years. I was up there for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. They're the AA affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays and got to see some really cool uh, um, just, I got to see a lot of great talent develop there. And um, I watched my first, you know, no hitter there on July 4th. Uh, one year it was Doug Drabeck. Uh, I'm sorry, Kyle Drabeck, son of Dr Doug Drabeck. Um, uh, pitch a one hour and 55 minute no hitter on July 4th, which was, which was a fantastic game. And, um, and it just, just watching a lot of dudes come through the, the, the Toronto system, you know, watching player development. I, that's something I really like. Like one of the things that I really enjoyed on the radio standpoint was, was talent development uh, from an on-air perspective. And here I'm seeing it from an athletic standpoint. So that was really exciting. Um, so that, you know, being there for six years, that led to some other opportunities. Um, I became a finalist for the, the gig at Wrigley Field in uh 2011 and then i was filling in for the red sox in 2012. uh padres had an opportunity to uh bring in a new public address announcer in 2014 and i flew out for the audition and uh, there were 800 other people lined up for the job and uh they they narrowed it down over a series of weeks and by april the 20th 2014 i was the last man standing and i had the job and they told me well it's yours if you want it and i was like well dang i have to move tomorrow <laughs> from new hampshire so uh so it was it was a lot really fast and the opportunity worked out i'm happy as heck to be here and and still love going in every day alex you are one of the best rob and i have been to padres games we've enjoyed the atmospheres you must have having come from New Hampshire all those years and now going to Southern California, you must have been like, get on the first flight possible, right? Yeah, <laughs> I did feel like that in, in many ways. I, I lived in New England for uh, 13, 14 years before moving out to San Diego. So I, you know, I had experienced plenty of New England winters and everything that comes along with them, the fun and the not so fun. So at that point I was ready for a change. Um, and the opportunity came about and I jumped at it, you know, the first chance I had. Give, give our listeners a little description of Petco Park. Rob and I have been to almost every Major League Baseball stadium in the country. We think that Petco Park is one of our favorites, if not number one. How would you describe Petco Park to somebody who hasn't been there yet? I think Petco Park is a place that's not necessarily uh, a it carries on the traditions of an old ballpark in somewhat of a modern setting. So what I mean by that is, is you're not going to get your brick throwback like a Camden Yards or something like that. Um, but you get the intimacy of that smaller ballpark in a, in, a, in a more modern setting with a very San Diego flavor. And by by that, I mean it's situated downtown. It faces due north. It sees all of downtown. Um you know, you get between the local craft beers and the local restaurants that have stands and stalls within Petco Park, you're going to get a taste of a lot of the best restaurants in town as well. Um, so, so the feeling is, is as intimate as a traditional ballpark with modern accompaniments and a taste of San Diego and a great view on top of that. And 
and great weather 99.9 percent of the time <laughs> it's rare to get a rain out in san diego which is great so um i, I would think it's a it's a mix of a lot of great worlds all rolled up into one ballpark and that's why i think people continually rank it as a top five ballpark out of all the ones they've ever visited we have, we've been to a lot of stadiums i've never seen one that has a sand beach area out in center field that you could pull up a lawn chair in and just watch a major league baseball game at <laughs> well you need to come back because that area has changed uh it's now a pier oh uh, and the, yes and so the pier has a lot of craft beers on top and underneath there's some giant Adirondack chairs underneath the pier with a bunch of custom surfboards um, that are designed uh, for each of our uh, retired numbers, uh, the representative of the players and their numbers. So they're all custom airbrushed and underneath there. And then there is still a patch of sand, but it's a little, it's located a little further back now. But ah. that area, yeah, that area was redone for the All-Star game in 2016, I think. So if you haven't been since then, you got some new stuff to see. Alex, if that's your way of inviting us out to Petco and leaving us some tickets at Will Call, we're in. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> well, as soon as, you know what, as soon as we can get everyone back in, I'd be more than happy to do that for you. Well, we'd love to get back to Southern Cal. Now, let's get into some baseball here. So, What's been your favorite game or event that you've ever called? You said you did a no-hitter in the minors, but let's talk about baseball. Tell me, like, your favorite memory being on the microphone. Um, you know, uh, getting a taste of the Major League postseason this year was one of the few things I hadn't done in baseball yet. Now, the last one remaining, of course, is a World Series, but to actually get to do a Padres postseason at home, um, a full home series was, was pretty fantastic. Um, and we had to come back in that series. We were, we were, you know, we had lost game one. We had to come back in game two, win in game three, beat the Cardinals and move on to the, to the next round of the playoffs, the division series against the Dodgers. I mean, that was, that was great. We, you know, that was an, that was an exciting comeback, especially in game two. Um, but I think the all-time memory is just doing the, the, the all-star game in, in 2016. I, you know, that's one of the, the marquee events in baseball um, and all the pomp and circumstance and ancillary events that uh, surround that game. I don't think a lot of folks are aware how much goes on around each of those games. Like for five straight days, I think I was coming into the ballpark at 7 a.m. and leaving at 10 at night. And, and, that's because of all the community activities that go along with the charity games. Um, you, you know, leading up to, you have the, the celebrity game, you have, um, you have the uh, um, uh, futures game, you know, the home run derby, the home run derby was, was pretty awesome to work. I, I had never been part of, of an event that intense. And that's when John Carlos Stanton was just, was just ripping them at will uh over left center over the national university sign right on the k street which you know had maybe been done once or twice in petco park history and he was doing it on a routine at bat uh during the all-star game so i mean you know stuff like that uh and then just the, you know the, the game itself i mean the all-star game you know right here in, in in our ballpark was was definitely very cool um uh so i would i would say that the postseason this year and 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 all-Star in 2016 are probably my, my two favorite memories thus far here. Those are pretty amazing. I get goosebumps thinking about some of those memories and just the idea of you working the All-Star game. And Rob and I are big Alex Miniac fans this year when we were watching the Padres in the postseason. I know I was tuning in just to kind of get a 
hopefully glimpse or listen of uh, your voice in the background because it's not always on the TV broadcast, but every now and then you can hear it. And um, also, too, when you did the All-Star game, how cool was it to have legendary uh, commentator Joe Buck from Fox introduce you? Oh, it was great. You know, it's uh, it's definitely my top. It's if, if you go on to my website and you watch my reel, it's, it's the number one thing that pops up. Uh, it's first in the order of uh, things of, that I've accomplished. It's just it's just cool, man. I, I, you know, it's uh, to be on national TV. Um, I, I tell you, there's a funny story that goes along with that. It, it's that. You know, when we when we produce games in house, you know, I'm usually wearing a headset and my producers in one ear um, and, and uh, you know, and I'm listening to everything and, and that's going on around me and, and coordinating with promotions on the field, et cetera, et cetera. Well, during that that moment during the uh, seventh inning stretch and God bless America, I actually had two producers simultaneously. So one in the ballpark uh cueing me and one going live uh to the nation in the world to seven and a half million people in the other ear so um you know and it's live three two one here we go so if that's not a rush of adrenaline i don't know what it (laughs) is um so that that was uh that, that was pretty exhilarating also well, you aced it then, and I got a couple of quick questions here before I turn it back over to Rob. Um, so what's the most fun name that you've ever announced? Like, I'm sure one sticks out that you just have, a, like, a joy when you say this name, and you just say it for fun now, even, like, outside of work. Well, the one I'm most known for here is doing Fernando Tatis Jr. because of the, the style that I use on, on my dramatic pauses. Anybody around here can tell you that. And what's cool about Fernando is is that it's a player that we've developed in our system here. So, um, you know, it's, it's something that will hopefully stick with him his entire career. It's not like signing a free agent or picking someone up off waivers or a trade or someone like that. And while all that is very good, and I, I could say we've turned out very well with some of those, i.e. Manny Machado, um, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr. is is homegrown, so that is probably my favorite. And I, I know that's one a lot of people really like that I that I do around here, and that's great. If they associate the introduction with the player, that's my goal, uh, and that's mission accomplished. Alex, you're going to have to do it now for Rob and I and all the listeners. What what's it? What's the call when he comes up the bat? Let's hear it. Now batting the shortstop number twenty three, Fernando. Tatis Junior. Love it. Yes. Love that. Yes. <laughs> that was great. Well, Are you talking about, you talk about give me a heads up so I can take a spot of tea here before I before I wind up and do an intro? <laughs> <laughs> we put you on the spot. You aced it. Let's quickly touch on this upcoming 2021 season. You talked about Machado, Tatis. A lot of great players. Some have been acquired just in the last couple weeks and months. Where are the expectations in San Diego? Expectations are high because we think we have the, uh, you know, it's beyond think, it's believe. We have the talent to get the job done come postseason. Um, We had a very good squad entering the postseason. We were uh, second best record in the National League. Um, we had a, a, a ton of exciting games, uh, team never quit, uh, could be down eight runs. I think we were, there was a Seattle game. We were down eight runs and scored nine and in, in, in the bottom of the frame to win the game. So, um, you know, it, it, there's an infectious energy 
within this team a belief that that we can we can go deep into the playoffs and and now win a World Series. So um, I, I think you know sometimes expectations are a burden. I don't think expectations are a burden. I think it's just a it's just a pure one hundred and ten percent belief that we're going to do something special. That's awesome. Yeah, we're thinking uh, you guys are going to be in it, in it at the end of this year. And, uh, you know, you got the Dodgers in the division. You'll have to take down at some point and on the East Coast. Well, as, as the great Ric Flair once said, in order to be the man, you got to beat the man. And that's the way I've always put it. I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, I wouldn't want to back in and, and kind of be a champion that just got on the easy road. I think you, you have to cross some hurdles to get to where you need to go. So bring on that challenge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it there first. A Ric Flair reference from Alex Miniak. Rob, take Woo! it away. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth, Alex. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is great. I loved hearing that journey. Um, and I want to highlight, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up on this uh, podcast and we knew we were going to do it, was MLB The Show, the video game. And, uh, you know, talk to us about how that opportunity came about. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, usually in this business, you're, you're, you're fighting and you're an auditioning and you're clawing for every gig that comes about. That is one of the rare opportunities where I got a call one day. Um, they said they were interested in, um, putting a new sound within the game to, to represent the ballparks within the game. And, uh, you know, it just in talking to the team and their dedication, to accuracy and gameplay and creating the most real experience possible uh, digitally. Uh, that was, you know, that was instant to me, like, let's get it done. Let's do this. Cause it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that are that in this business, you just kind of do and you, you do and you hope for the best, but this was like, there's the real dedication to this craft here and there's a dedication to getting it right. These people speak my language, and um, it, 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 there was no hesitation involved. Wow, wow. Do you ever, like, pinch yourself, and you're just like, yeah, you know, I, I am the PA announcing voice of MLB The Show, and growing up as a kid, like, did you play video games, like, one day, like, thinking about that? Yeah, well, I mean, I played NES, 8-bit, you know, bases loaded. Um, that was That was my game, and gosh, speech was, like, Nobody ever thought there'd be speech in a video game. We were just trying to get the graphics right, you know, <laughs> and get the gameplay a little bit somewhat close to accurate, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, it's, it is it is cool. And, and um, you know, when I play the game, because I play a lot in franchise mode, um, it's, you know, every time someone comes up to the plate, I'm like, yeah, that's me. Uh, it's still a little strange. Uh, I, you I can't yourself I can't. And critique yourself. <laughs> um, well, I critique myself all the time. I'm my own worst critic and anybody who knows me will tell you that. Um, I'm constantly bashing my head against the wall saying like, gosh, this could have been better. Or, I could have done it this way, or I could have been a tick faster or a tick slower or a tick louder. Or, you know, I could have hit an inflection at a different point or something like that. Uh, when you're doing a video game, it's tough because, you know, you record in segments and those segments are stitched together to form sentences, you know, uh, now batting, you know, number so-and-so, player name, first name, last name, you know, uh, team, so on and so forth. And so, 
you know, how those come out is kind of up to the production team, you know? And so once I read it in my mind, I'm like, I, I believe by me saying this, this is how it's going to come together. But ultimately it gets passed on to them to, to do their magic. And those guys do awesome. So um, I, it's rare that I even have to do much critiquing in the game. And it's weird because like a lot of the stuff, you know, like when we did Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, I, I, it wasn't the inflection that I have today necessarily because um, that evolves over time. So uh, it's, I have to kind of predict like, well, gosh, you know, like I have to think three, four years ahead, is this still going to hold up, <laughs> you know, when I'm going to record it? Uh, so there's a lot of those little factors in there, but I, I got to credit those guys. They, they, they are professionals and they get it done. And it's, it's, you know, it's the best selling baseball video game of all time for good reason. Uh, because they know what they're doing. I told a couple of my friends we were going to hop on the podcast and interview, and they were like, no way, that's epic. The voice of the show. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, hopefully they can have, uh, you know, their names are in the game so they can do a, a custom intro. And that's that's basically how it would sound at a real Major League base, uh, Baseball park. I love that. And how many hours, like, went into the behind the scenes of you recording? Um, the first year I would probably put it at 50 to 60 hours of straight reading. In other words, like going into the studio and then shutting the door and read, 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 you know, obviously we take a lot of breaks, but the actual reading time, I would say it was between like 50 and 60 hours. And after that, obviously there's parts that can be, uh, you know, carried over into the next game. Uh, but modes continually change players continually get added um scripts um definitely change year to year so i would say it's probably half to two-thirds that commitment every year after that's a lot that's a lot of reading that's a lot of reading. it is a lot of reading yes <laughs> awesome well hey that about wraps up our uh, our podcast with you alex but i i have to ask um can you give us like a sign off of like your like you know th thank you for coming to petco park like can you give us a, a sign off Okay, let's see. Let's put a piece together Take here. Your time. Take your time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Brandt Brothers Podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Good night. <laughs> that is fantastic. I love it. Alex, thanks so much for coming on today's podcast. A quick plug for all you listeners, alexminiac.com. Check out his highlights. He can help you out with local events and sponsorships and a ton of different reads and advertisements. I'm Rick Brandt. And I'm Rob Brandt. And we're the brothers, Brandt. Thanks for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.